Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM. Back to local programming for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, in about 25 minutes, we'll get our friend Jeff Hughes. He covers the Bears at com. We will uh, pick Jeff's brain. How can the Bears pull this off? Packer fans, I think, are hoping that they can. Is that re- realistic? Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk to Jeff Hughes on that uh, at about 1025. Dave Sproul, 1045 on Iowa State. They got some big news yesterday, literally and figuratively, is uh, Iwazarike is coming back and will be a part of that defensive line again for his super senior season. Good news there. Still a couple of decisions to be made. Greg Eisworth, when will that dominate? No fall. He has not made his decision public as of yet. Dave Sproul on Iowa State, who will face Texas Tech 3 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 3, I think, uh, tomorrow afternoon. You got that part right. (laughs) They will play uh, Texas Tech tomorrow afternoon. I think it's 3. Uh, to, uh, 10.45 for Dave Sprout. There you go. Uh, at 11.20, Tom Cakert will join us first weekend, first Friday of the Bama in months. It has been. <laughs> it's been a long or time. Or Thursday, as we had a couple of weeks right. previous. Yeah, we haven't worked Friday for a while. Nobody has in the yep. building. Um, but uh, uh, Tom Caker will join us at 11, uh, 11.20. We will uh, take a look back at last night's impressive. You want to call that a comeback? Is that a comeback? I mean, it wasn't... Eh, Five minutes in, it's... Yeah, it's not a comeback. Not quite a comeback. No, uh, but it was impressive, nonetheless. 20-zip run at one point as the Terps had no answer for a lineup that I don't think a lot of people thought they would see on the floor when that spurt, we'll call it, uh, was unfolding. Uh, we will give away Claxons today. Here's what you need to know on Claxons. It is a new year. There are new rules with the same prizes are available uh, the certificate for the winner. What's that? Was that $35? $35, and yes. And the runner-up gets 25 But not only can you only win once per month, you can only play once a month. We had an issue just uh, prior to Christmas is what, when we sat down, uh, when we shut it down last week uh, for the second time. Somebody's, I don't know, is the right word forging? I would think so, yeah. Somebody's taking liberties with the winning certificates, mm-hmm. and there was a family walked in with six of them. Um, and I get it. These times, you know, probably not a lot of restaurant opportunities, but it's not like Claxon's is flush. Right. Or any restaurant, for that matter, during these times. So we've had to um, come up with a couple of new rules. We'll remind you again. But we don't want to change the time that we do it. We don't want to change it the day that we do it. And some people have figured out, well, there's a seven-second delay, and if it sounds like Miller or Condon are above <laughs> finishing their thought, maybe three, two, one, dial. Um, so anyways, you can, you can win once a month, but you can only play once a month uh, are the new rules for 2021. And then our picks before we get out of here. Oh, yeah, I like those. Our picks? Yeah. You like the games? Well, I like how I'm doing this season. Well, you should. You're having a great year. So I was kind of leaning towards bagging it, uh, but I want to go on. Yeah. Uh, did I get above 500? You're at 500 right now. Just 
perfectly 500. 41, 41, and 3. So I'd be, lose, I'd be losing a little bit of money. you got to hit 52.4% right. to hit a 10% juice. That's the VIG. If you're paying that, you got to hit 52.4 to break even. Got 8 and 9 on your best bets. Yeah, so you're not to 500 not yet. So um, I would have lost a little money, but not bad over no. 17 weeks. Meanwhile, you would have made a boatload. If you were playing $100 a game, you should figure that out. How much would you have made? Uh, with juice, probably about $1,600. That's I'm good. 18 games over 500. That's good. That's really good. Yes, absolutely. 62% on the year. One of my better years. I think I had one better, but they're few and far between. We'll play through the Super Bowl. Okay. This will be our final week of doing five games, though, because... Unfortunately, next week there's only four. There's only four, four NFL games, and it's you know, and we'll probably do three. You know, there'll probably be one that both of us will want to cross off, and and we always have some fun with some props on Super Bowl week and do yeah. that and and kind of make that a part of it. But boy, props are going to be fun throughout the state this year, right? Yes, uh, we did get a note. Sean Roberts, I guess, reached out to uh, the folks at Wild Rose, asking uh, about Fiesta. Well, here's here's what here's what's come out of this as much as anything. The DraftKings was uh, answered. Uh, Sean's question about you know where his question was: Do you have it in front of you? It's, it's, it's where the Fiesta Bowl ranked handle wise, right? Of mm-hmm. all the bowl games, and what was and DraftKings to their credit actually, uh, while well, Travis Dvorak, who's the general manager of the Wild Rose in Jefferson, reached out to their sports bar, uh, one of now their uh, sports betting partners, as they also have Bet Rivers and a couple of properties, and asked them the question and. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl came in fourth overall in the state of Iowa, correct? Yeah, in terms of handle for all bowl games, it was number four in the state of Iowa, number five across the country for the DraftKings mm-hmm. Sportsbooks. Uh, in terms of... So i got to think the two semifinals were one and two. You would think so, yeah. What do you think was number oh, good three? Point. I don't know. Would it be... You know what? Did you see the television ratings, which surprised me? You know what the, one of the uh, highest-rated television ratings was, games? Mm-mm. Cincinnati and Georgia. Folks love the underdog. Yeah. Maybe they bet the underdog. Maybe that's the answer. But my point being big picture on this, and for some reason, the state of Iowa just, I don't know, refuses the right. Hasn't got around to being able to come up with a... I don't know if algorithm's the right word, or, or some kind of reporting system that'll allow you to break out the Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl is part of February's overall wagering total, but we want to know how much money's wagered on the Super Bowl in the state of Iowa. Maybe not be able to get that from all of them, but at least DraftKings seems willing to work with us. That's good. That is good. We love that kind of information, Absolutely. and we love passing it along to our listeners. Now I'm kind of baffled. Is it? Do you think that... Georgia-Cincinnati game that would have more... Inside the state, Iowa obviously didn't play. That would be the first place that you would go. Right. It's not Auburn-Northwestern, you wouldn't think. I wouldn't, no. Texas A&M-North Carolina... Uh, you know what? There was nothing going on. It was the it was the standalone game on sa- yes. Saturday night. I bet you that's part. Uh, you know what, Trent? I think you're on to something. That was probably the one. I think you are. But even that, that surprises me. That that would have more handle than Iowa State. Right. Just in because this is. We're talking about in our state as it mm-hmm. was number four. Yeah, this was us only. What else could have there have been? Maybe that Florida Oklahoma game that was a standalone on what night was that? Uh, that was on a Wednesday it was night. The, it was the thirtieth, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a Wednesday night. Uh-huh. Possibly Texas Colorado the day before. Mm. It's getting hard. 
And then yeah. you get to those Saturday, Friday, Saturday games. I mean, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, probably not. No. Well, thank you to Sean Roberts for, yeah. for asking the question, and thank you to uh, Wild Rose and to DraftKings for providing us at least that answer. Uh, Maryland had no answer for a discom- not a, a, a different lineup. Uh, when Fran McCaffrey had had enough of some of the defense that he'd seen uh, during the basketball game early, he decided to make some changes. Apparently the... Uh, uh, the focus of his angst defensively was Wieskamp and Frederick, who uh, found themselves stapled to the bench in the first half of the basketball game, and a lineup Trent that took off. Quite honestly, I mean, what what a game! Patrick McCaffrey, his brother was really good. We'll get he to was. him in a minute. Boy, oh boy, what a difference with Con- Connor McCaffrey. I, I don't. The, the Connor shouldn't be playing crowd. It, they're idiots. No, let's, they? let's be honest. Yeah. If you think I wasn't going to go that far. No, no. If okay. you think that, you do not know basketball. Yeah. It, it's as simple as that. Because all people see is, he's got a funky shot. He's mm-hmm. not very good. Nope. Oh, he shouldn't play basketball. Nah. There's a lot more to the game than just shooting a building. They actually look at shooting percentages, both at the free throw line. He had a bad start his freshman year from the three. Hasn't shot it well this year. But overall, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Tennis and he has some games where he's making them, right? And it's a different guy. But Absolutely. you know what? You know what's a different about him, Trench and uh, Hummel. By the way, Benetti and Hummel—they might be my new favorites. That—that's number one on your list. Yeah, uh, huh? they might be. Benetti is so good. He yes. and when the game kind of got away, I don't, I'm sure you were. I mean, you, know, you have two kids. I don't know <laughs> where you were with Ellen Jack at yeah. the time. If you were able to hear the game, um, talking about uh, Hawk Harrelson. Because uh, the McCaffreys are White Sox fan, uh-huh. and they got on that, and uh, and um, Hummel's given Benetti a little bit of crap, and they're kind of and it was fun. These guys got some chemistry, even they're when they're really, not together. Yes, and they were together. They right. were in their respective homes yesterday. Uh, they got some chemistry. It's a good listen. It's Eagles. a really good listen. And I'm a huge Schulman guy. I like Billis, but this crew might be my favorite. Uh, if I had to rank them, boy, that's it's it's a tough call. And we were, I thought, treated last night to Benetti and Humble on the call, but we were treated to a good Iowa team. Uh, Luca Garza doing what Luca Garza seemingly uh, does every time he shows up in the floor on the floor. Wieskamp came in. Trent, I looked at the box score before the show today. I didn't realize he's had six steals. Now a couple of those came late in the game when Maryland was playing reserves and yeah. a couple lazy passes. But he had out. some big ones he during did. the game. No doubt. Six. You know, I was a little bit surprised we didn't see Aaron Euless after his performance mm-hmm. against Rutgers mm-hmm. that we didn't see him, of course, until last light, two minutes. Light, yeah, right. But I was a little bit surprised by that. Is this Fran realizing playing 11, 12 guys is not a good thing? Because past Fran, he would have. Yeah. All right, Euless showed he can do it, mm-hmm. and now we're going to extend that rotation. Mm-hmm. They're very happy with the nine that they have. Yeah, should be. But they also know if they need to. They can go to Euless, but just because of how poorly Frederick was playing, mm-hmm. that first five minutes, no, four terrible. minutes, he had no clue. No, and, and McCaffrey, what, when was his first time out? Like eighteen, twelve left in, yeah. in in the first half. He'd seen enough. What was it six nothing, eight nothing, seven nothing, something like that? Yeah, it was, it was six awful. nothing. Yeah, uh, and he said very quickly, he "said enough of this." Mm-hmm. Um, and he lit him up. <laughs> he did a couple of different <laughs> yes, times. He did. Got the right combination out there. Patrick McCaffrey hitting shots. Trent, he was great last night. It was. His best game in a Hawkeye uniform? Maybe, uh, yes, for sure. Maybe both McCaffrey's best games of the season. Yeah. I mean, Connors had some good ones, but he was so good last night. And Hummel pointing out, you know, repeatedly just the, the, a pass, how he's able to get Luca the basketball. And we saw it. He's either the bounce pass, it's going over the top, it's hitting. It's just, he, he's, he was really good at that. Nunji. He gave was him good some last minutes, night. Yeah. Yes. 
And there, there's also those head scratchers. I think that's what you're going to get with Jack Nunji, right? A couple it, of the shots, you mean? Yeah. A couple yeah. of the turnovers. That more, more the even turnover than the underneath shots. his basket. Yeah, that was a bad one. That there's going to be one. those moments, uh-huh. but for what he is, a backup to Luca Garza, mm-hmm. and maybe play a few minutes, and they played them together but quite he, a bit yeah, more. Yeah, he gave him a spark last night he early did. in the first half, his first minutes of the game. The combinations that they have, the different ways that they can play, the style that they can play, and I think... The biggest thing, and I, I put it in bigger font in my notes, defense. Yeah. This team really played defense last night after after the uh, after they got um, admonished. Yes, down nineteen nine, they uh-huh. came back and they did it. Not just on the offensive end where they started hitting shots, it was they were getting stops on the other end, and not stops because Maryland was missing shots. It was stops because they were actually playing good defense. Mm-hmm. Best defensive performance, I think, of the year, too, that we've seen against a team with the pulse. Yeah, true. Against a team with the pulse. No, like you and I both don't think that uh, Maryland's going to be no. you know, find themselves in the upper half of the Big Ten. They're going to be a 12 seed, probably. Yeah, I would think. And that's another, point, big that came, no, well, that's another point that came up during the broadcast last night, if we get a Big Ten mm-hmm. tournament, was was put out there. Um, but uh, uh, outstanding, outstanding effort. We, uh, let, let's get to Keegan Murray. Um, Trent, the athleticism. The basketball smarts. We sound like broken records about this guy. I know. It's we, we have to have a Keegan Murray conversation after every single one of these Hawkeye games. This guy's forcing himself into the rotation. It's a wonderful problem to have. Six and nine, big rebounds um, out of Keegan Murray, knowing where the ball's going to, you know, come off the rim, uh, and 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 he gets to that place, and he's very opportunistic. But it's more than that. He's smart. He can shoot. Um, he is maximizing his opportunities, and he is uh, giving Fran McCaffrey um, difficult decisions. He's he's making him come up with difficult decisions because. Whose minutes? Who, who's, whose floor time is he going to take away? He's going to take away some. You can't keep this guy on the bench, and when he signed, when they both signed, and I mean, no one expected this. What, so, did was it this kind of an out of sight, out of mind? Because he's caught everybody that follows Hawkeye basketball off guard. So that one year that he went to prep school, yeah, might, must have been you know nobody's paying attention. And then when he comes back, it was. I mean, it's a different player, apparently. Well, and even that, you know, this summer. Now, of course, we don't get primetime league in any normal year anymore, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, people that were able to hear some things practice-wise, it wasn't, hey, look out for Keegan. It was, you know, Euless might be able to find a role. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're going to find... It was never about either of the Murray twins. And how about Chris late in the game? Yeah. That, that little move that he had... <laughs> And they were playing together out there in the zone. And you think of that length, and boy, you put those guys together at the three and the four, mm-hmm. and that's pretty salty too. Yes, it is. You know, we oh, go ahead. The, the future, all of a sudden, of Iowa basketball. I'm with you, this recruiting class, they didn't have a top one hundred and fifty player nationally in the rivals rankings until late in the process when Ulysses became a top one hundred and fifty player. But he was ranked in the two hundreds for most of the time until one of the late processes. And now, all of a sudden, I like the Tony Perkins kid. I, I think different kind of athlete than they've had at the guard guard position. I think he's got a chance to be really good and a good defender. All of a sudden, it's not just about this team. It looks like a program that just 14 months ago, we thought it was the end of time for Fran McCaffrey. They get blown out by DePaul. Xavier Foster chooses Iowa State. This team's going to stink. And Fran McCaffrey, this is going to be it for him. Here we are, back in the top five, 
ranked nationally, a chance at a regular season title, and on top of it, the future looks really good. It does. And this was the night that C.J. Frederick, who's been one of their best players all season long, had mm-hmm. his worst night of the year, and they and they won the way that they did. Uh, real quick, Jordan Bohan, we haven't talked about him. He was, it was Jordan Bohan. Lighten it up. <laughs> he gets in rhythm. He gets going. That's what he can do. And he passed the ball well. Mm-hmm. He did the things that he's supposed to do out there. Didn't get the assist numbers because Connor seemingly got all the assists. But yeah, 10 of them. When he's rolling like that, when this team is playing at this kind of level without two of their better offensive players in Wieskamp mm-hmm. and Frederick. What did Wieskamp finish with last night? Uh, six. No. Yeah, six. Six. And they came early, right? In the second half, uh-huh. he came out, got a couple uh, of buckets Very early, early in the yeah. second half, yep. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Uh, Jeff, welcome to Miller and Condon. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, go go up, ahead, Jeff? Jeff. Yep, you're on. Oh, sorry. Hey, uh, so a couple quick notes I thought from last night that you still haven't touched on. So you did touch on their bench contributing early. The best part for me about that is that come tournament time, you're going to have some days that shots aren't falling. You're not getting any defense from your starters. You bring in that second wave. They didn't quit. They brought the juice, and they made that great comeback. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, my best point, and they kind of touched on it on the telecast, uh, Garza, if you look at him from freshman year to now, and I coach basketball, the guy is in the gym putting on the weight, getting his shot ready for the NBA. I hope boys and girls, when they watch Iowa basketball and they see the hard work that he has put in, not just his freshman year, but from last summer to now, that's, those are the things that you need to do if you really want to play the high level. You've got to get in the gym and put in that grind. So uh, good win, Iowa. I'd like to see them defend against a top-quality opponent. And we'll see that coming up in the future. But good win, good staple. If they want to win the, the conference, that's the one you got to get. So. No, no doubt. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Minnesota next, and that's 1 o'clock, did you say, Trent? 1 o'clock? 1.30, I want to say, on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, uh, Sunday Yeah, one thirty. So, uh, clones tomorrow, 3 against Texas Tech. Hawks, Sunday, one thirty. And all, speaking of Sunday, you and I plays Bradley and Drake Loyola. That's a 5.30 tip-off. Television on that? Well, you can do it with your ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. You'll be able to watch it that way. Good, so fine, I'm in. That's the direction to go, and what should be a good one. And some fans in attendance over at the Nap Center. Too. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they put out a, uh, somebody, I guess, turned in a couple of blocks of tickets mm-hmm. uh, for the for the last game against Southern. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they got snapped up very quickly. But yeah, good that there's a few fans. Um, and, and tonight there's going to be fans. Now you've got a basketball game tonight. Yes. Uh, and, and yesterday the governor has. Now it's up to the schools. Keith Murphy does so many good. Th- I mean, I. Name a bad thing, right? <laughs> Keith does such a great service on his Twitter account um, because people go to him for answers, and if he doesn't know, he reaches out and gets those answers. So the numbers of attendance, according to Keith, is going to be dependent on the school's policy, mm-hmm. right? But there is so the governor has allegedly said, you know, you can all go, but you have to listen to uh, each and every school is going to ultimately make their own determination as to how many people are going to get in. Well, that's great. Look, the numbers, I, I think, are headed in the right direction in our state. Um, but we know how quickly than, a wave yeah, well, can that's, go. that's absolutely right. She knows more than us. She follows it closer than, uh, than you or I do. So she's kind of um, uh, made that possible for uh, parents, fans, kids, uh, families, um, students, 
to be able to go to these games. So that's good news. That's good news. And the CIML is staying with the protocols that they had had it in place. Still Social two, distancing? Yeah, and the two spectator per athlete oh, they are? at okay. this time. That's uh, I just got an email from Brad Rose over at Valley. Okay. That's what they're going to be doing. That's where I'll be this evening. So they are going to stay with that. The CIML sounds like across the board, at least for the time being, going to stay with the two spectator per, per athlete that will be involved in the game. And, yeah, social distancing while you're there, mm-hmm. those kind of things. I felt safe at every baseball and softball event that I was at this summer, every volleyball and football game I did this fall, and this will be – I've been to a couple – called a couple of wrestling meets. This will be my first basketball, and every single time I have felt safe. I have not been concerned. I haven't seen anything, and now that's probably, I don't know, 35, 40 events that I've been to. Mm-hmm. Any time where I said, boy, they're not doing it right. Good. Going to be safe. And that's, and that's the most important part of this. I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared that. Uh, that that's, uh, that's good information. All right. We've got some information to share with you. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Can we get a winner? Let's go. How about a Friday kickoff here? Uh, kicks. And I was not had one yet, to the best of my knowledge, unless the Morning Rush had one this morning that we haven't been told about yet. Uh, but uh, So let's get KXNO on the board. Text the keyword GAME to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. GAME to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Jeff Hughes. TheBearsBlog.com will join us next. We will take a look at the Bears and the Saints. They will go at it on Sunday afternoon for them. They're the middle game. 340 kickoff from the Superdome with dozens in attendance. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing if you're a Bears fan. We'll see what Peyton wants to do. He wants to... uh, Quarantine 50,000 fans leading up to the game and let him in. It's a little over the top, Sean. Miller and Condon back with uh, uh, NFL conversation. Dave Sproul on Iowa State at 1045. We're here till noon on 1460 KXNO. And 10- coupons vary. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back. Coming up on 10.30 on a Friday, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Jeff Hughes to Bears blog in a moment. Something just happened during the break that I find very encouraging, very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Harden, if you're listening over at uh, Drake, you'll, <laughs> you'll take this as good news, too. So in the first segment, we were BSing. Mm-hmm. Um, Who, and, and we were talking about the Drake game against Loyola on Sunday, and it's uh, you, you're, you thought it was on ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense because a lot of games um, show up there. And phones lit up during the break. And Twitter came in, including Paul Dorfield. Good to hear from him. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard uh, from Paul in a long time. Um, and it's on ESPN, too. But people are paying attention to when the next straight game is. And maybe 12-0 or 12-0 or 13-0. 13-0. 12, 13-0. We'll do that, but that's good news. It is, and it's a huge matchup. Loyola, yes. it was them or you and I, the preseason pick. We know you and I is not going to be there because of the injury to A.J. Green, but this is huge in terms of you get a sweep here. Oof. Not only do you pick up the two games in the standings, but with it, 
you own the tiebreaker then yes. if it gets to that point. Yep. This is a couple of huge matchups. ESPN2 for the Sunday game, 5.30 tip-off for there. And then the Monday game and the back-to-back that the NBC is mm. playing, Mm-mm. that'll be on CBS Sports Network. Good stuff. Uh, Drake, you are um, opening some eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, you're Des Moines team after all. The Bears, the Bears, the Bearsblog.com. Des Moines team as well. They are Des Moines team now that the Broncos are out. <laughs> Jeff Hughes joins us to take a look at the uh, Saints and the Bears. Jeff Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, but please don't ask me to weigh in on Drake basketball. <laughs> I, I I just don't have anything to give you on that topic. So. Hadn't made it to uh, New York yet. I got you. It, it has not. It has not. It, uh, well, the Bears and the Saints, we saw a really good game when these two teams played earlier uh, in the season. Um I don't know who's Foles. Obviously, it's going to be Trubisky this week. What what happened in that first game? It was it went to overtime, as we recall. Uh, how can the Bears again keep it close and this time finish on the right end of the scoreboard? I, I think the Bears' approach has to mirror in a lot of ways what they did last week against Green Bay. They've got to run the ball. They've got to keep the ball. But they've got to convert touchdowns. When, when, they, when they extend these drives, 10 and 12 plays, they can't settle for field goals. I would say this, the Saints defense is just playing infinitely better now than they were then. They're going to take that running game away. They're, I mean, that will be the focus of Dennis Allen here. The problem the Bears are going to have, and I feel like a broken record now for 30 years, <laughs> is they do not have right now a quarterback who can, who can take advantage of the mismatch opportunities the Saints will provide. They need Mitch Trubisky to play a good-to-great game. He just doesn't do that against the better defenses or the better teams. If he plays that kind of game, they're going to be in this. But there's just no reason to expect him to. One of the biggest concerns is the injury report at this time. And two guys that have been huge parts of this team. Roquan Smith, Mm -hmm. you're going against Alvin Kamara. This game was Saturday. He wouldn't be out there. It's Sunday. He's going to be out there. Any chance at all on him? And then secondly, what are you hearing on Darnell Mooney? Played so well in the game against the Packers before that injury. Where is he injury-wise going into the weekend? I think both are unlikely to play. I think both are going to give it, mm. give it a go. They're, they're both, they know this is the playoffs. I don't see either one of them playing, and I think if they play, they'll be extremely limited. It is hard to qualify how bad it will be for the Bears' defense if Roquan's not out there. Drew Brees is not stretching defenses. Nope. He's not going over the top. Everything is played in a 10-yard window where Roquan Smith makes his money. Uh, Kamara out of the backfield would be Roquan's responsibility. Jared Cook over the middle would be Roquan's responsibility. He also calls the defense. I I think that injury is the most significant piece of information to have going into this game because if they're going to ask Danny Trevathan to track Kamara all game long, I think he could do it for a a few drives or a few plays, but I can't see him holding up for four quarters against that, against that, a player like that. So the Roquan injury is huge. And Darnell Mooney is realistically the team's only speed threat. So if he's not out there mm-hmm. and he doesn't at least make safeties be honest, they're going to be in the box. And that means the short passing game that the Bears employ is not going to be successful if safeties are going to be able to crash on every route after two or three yards. They're two very significant injuries. And I think the injury report with Thomas coming back, with Kamara coming back, and the Bears missing Mooney, 
and Roquan is just a huge factor. I don't know where the Saints finished up offensive line statistically-wise. They were one of the better lines, uh, at least it's, uh, uh, midway through the season, and they've always been good the last, well, certainly in the last couple of years. Uh, but how important, does this have to be a Khalil Mack, this is why we're paying you all this kind of money, go out there and make a difference in this football game. I, I haven't seen that enough out of him in 2000. Now, granted, you guys watch more uh, than I do of the Bears, but the games that I've seen, Khalil Mack hasn't been that difference maker that we know he can be. He hasn't been, and, and, I, and I've said this a lot about the Bears' pass rush. There's a lot of money on that line. There's a lot of money in Hicks, a lot of money in Robert Quinn, a lot of money in Khalil Mack, and they do not perform at, the, at a level commensurate with that money. And this is not the week for it, however, because we know what this Drew Brees passing game is. He's not going to sit in the pocket. He rarely gets sacked. They're, they're going to it's, it's take the snap, drop back, and release. So this is not a game where I think pass rushers are going to have a huge impact. But, but you guys are right. Right now, the problem the Bears have is they are banged up on half of their secondary with Buster Screen and Jalen Johnson. I think Johnson's returning. And because that those injuries, they needed this pass rush to dominate. They needed to disrupt opposing quarterbacks, and they just haven't done it at the level you would expect when you're paying the millions and millions of dollars to these guys. Khalil's had a good season. He's double teamed on every play. Yeah. He's held on every third play. But I still need my pass rushers to hit the opposing quarterback. At some point, pressures are not enough. You've got to disrupt plays. You've got to make these quarterbacks uncomfortable, and the only way to do that is to hit them. With the win, they would play the Packers. As a seven seed, that's automatic. Yep. They'd go up against the top seed, and that is the Packers, the only team with the bye. If that comes to fruition, first of all, what a playoff victory would mean for this team and this organization going forward, and then a third shot at Green Bay, what that would mean to you, and would you be excited for it? Oh, 100%. A playoff, a victory on Sunday validates the entirety of the 2020 season. There's a lot of people who say, hey, 5-1, and six-game losing streak, stack your, stack your numbers against bad opponents, back into the playoffs. All of that goes out the window if they win a playoff game. This season becomes an unmitigated success and something they can build off of. I'm assuming if they win Sunday that Trubisky plays well. That's so if, it, if yeah. that happens, they'd be okay even bringing him back. He's not going to be your long-term answer, but he's been somebody you know you can win games with. I would be thrilled to see this team go up into Green Bay. They would have nothing to lose in that game, and all the pressure, same as this Sunday, would be on the Green Bay Packers to beat them for a third time. I would have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers would do it, but I think the Bears would be extremely motivated to go up there and end their season and get the win against Green Bay. Uh, who will um, be tasked with trying to shut down Allen Robinson? Packers did a nice job of it last week until the second half. He had a couple of catches, but not your typical type of day. Uh, Lattimore's a really good player, as we know. Jenkins a big hitter at the safety position. Janoris Jenkins, I think, can be beat. Do you expect it's going to be Lattimore on Robinson? Will they move him around? They, they tend to move their corners. And I, I would say this. I would think that part of the Green Bay philosophy last week was we're not going to let Allen Robinson beat us. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to stop the run, but we're not going to let... I would think Lattimore will be there primarily. But realistically, it, the Bears can't be reliant on Allen Robinson to have a 12-catch, 140-yard game. He doesn't have a lot of those. Allen Robinson's a 6-8 to eight catch guy. He's a move-the-chains guy. He's not a big play guy. What the Bears need to do in their passing game this week is get the tight ends involved early and get David Montgomery involved in the passing game. They've got to keep this Saints team off balance. The worst case 
for the Bears is these hapless runs on first down, yeah. second and eight, third and eight, because right. then you got the Dennis Allen blitzes, and we know how this quarterback plays when there's pressure. They've got to throw early, they've got to throw often, and they've got to get these sort of alternate guys involved, the Cole Komets and the Jimmy Grahams. Trubisky's struggling. No, he's not. But they're hanging around. It's 13-3, but Trubisky just doesn't have it as they start the second half. Does Nick Foles come into the game? I don't think so, but I think the question is worth asking. I I think what the Bears saw last week against Green Bay is something they really didn't want to see, which was, once again, good opponent, good defense. Mm -hmm. All of the limitations of Mitch Trubisky become very apparent. Would they make a change? I don't think so. I'll stick with that. I think this is sort of ride-or-die time with Mitch Trubisky. If you're going to lose the game with him, lose the game with him. And then I think Nagy has the argument he can make this offseason that they just have to move on. Bringing him back for even a one-year deal is not worth it. They need to move on to a different player. I think it's ride-or-die time with Mitch, but you never know with Nagy. I get the sense that Nagy gets so frustrated with Mitch that it's always a possibility. I just don't see it in a playoff game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, he's obviously, if they're going to win, he has to eliminate that one seemingly pass every game that just makes you think, what, what are you looking at? Right, yes, they are. It is the most mind-boggling thing about Mitch Trubisky, which is I've never seen a quarterback who is bad in the end zone. It is, it is a signature flaw of his. Mm-hmm. his. The way he processes information when he's on the field is just non-professional. In all of these bad throws, there's two easy answers. Throw it into the fourth row mm-hmm. or try to get it with your legs. And he, he throws Hail Marys from the 10. I've never seen a player do these kinds of things. That's what frustrates the Bears more than anything. The, the mental capacity required to play the position at an elite level, he's just not reached. You can read the full preview over at TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff, uh, we'll let you go with this, your game prediction. It was a great line, so we'll give it to our listeners right now how you ended your game preview. There is no reason, no reason, to pick the Chicago Bears this week. Hmm. Chicago Bears 29, New Orleans Saints 27. <laughs> I hope you're previewing the Packers and the Bears next week. I'd like nothing more. Jeff, thank you. I'd be thrilled. I, we'd be thrilled to talk about it with you. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Appreciate you coming on. Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, com for you Bears fans uh, in the listening Gave audience. me a good chuckle this morning. There is no reason to pick the Bears to win this game. Bears 29, Saints 27. Oh, I hope he's right. Wouldn't you love to see I'd love to see oh, it would be, Bears again. It would be. I've talked about it a lot this week, but just I want to just enjoy this. And I'm not scared of the Saints team. It's not a two versus seven matchup where you oh, we got no shot going in here. Drew Brees can't throw the ball down the field effectively. Mm-hmm. I know the injuries really don't help the Bears here, but they've won stupid games before. That's kind of how this team is built. And all of a sudden, Quinn and Mac, they start going and happy feet start going for Drew Brees because of Yeah, he's getting hit. The rib cage. All right. I'm opti- more optimistic than I thought I'd be here on a Friday. Final just in, Saints 42, Bears 17. And I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Oh, man. Okay, uh, we've got Dave Sproul coming up. We will hear from our friend Dave Sproul, KASI in Ames, 1430, on the AM dial, Iowa State, Texas Tech tomorrow. Uh, and the, well, obviously we'll talk about some of the guys that have opted to come back for another season and a couple of decisions that are still lingering out there. Charlie Kohler has not made it official. 
Greg Eisworth. Those seemingly are the two. Well, Lawrence White had a nice year, too. And he I did. don't think he's uh, decided what he's going to do. We will pick Dave Sproul's brain on Iowa State next. We take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. <laughs> In 2020, we learned how important sports can be and how quickly they can be taken away. In 2021, we'll enjoy every last second. Join us on 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, or anywhere in the world with iHeartRadio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, KXNO. DraftKings Sportsbook has gone mobile. No longer are the days where you have to drive to a casino to register for a mobile sportsbook. You can do it now from the comfort of your home. Football's playoffs start tomorrow to celebrate the most exciting time of the football season. DraftKings Sportsbook, that's America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you a chance to double your money all it takes is one touchdown to be scored during tomorrow's football games. That's right, Trent. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. Download the DraftKings, the top-rated sportsbook app. Now, use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's three games. It's really easy. Again, the code KXNO for any touchdown scored. For new players to get a shot at doubling your money, for a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-8.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. I'm Miller Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. I don't know what to do with this phone call I just took. Because um, we don't, obviously we don't know. That's, some guy, one, some guy's at the state line heading towards Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, and te- there's a, a Texas Tech bus was, is being pulled out of a ditch. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently, was, according to this guy he saw it this morning. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm not saying that the team's got to fly, right? You would think so, yeah. yeah. From, from Lubbock, for sure they do. And they um, wouldn't fly into Kansas City and then drive up. They'd fly into Des Moines, right. at the very least. So, anyways. That's Equipment truck? That's what, that was my, that was my um, uh, answer to him. But, uh, but even an equipment truck for basketball, isn't that kind of crazy? It is. It is. It's something to bear watching. Huh. Um, Interesting. Thank you for that information. Yeah. I wish there was more confirmation. I couldn't see anything on Twitter about it, but thought we'd pass it on. Uh, anyways, uh, not to be alarmist, but um, anyways. Dave Sproul joins the program. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Good. You know what? I think I might have something for you on What that have you one. got? But I'm relying on a vague memory here, so don't take this as gospel, but I heard a story a few years back that some uh, booster, a Texas Tech booster, pays to have a bus travel to the cities where they go to to transport the team from ho- uh, airport, hotel, ah. arena. And that might be the situation there. Now, again, not gospel, not saying anything for certain, but that's the right. story I've heard. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, like you said, Ken, it's about a 99% chance that the team is flying. Right. Yeah. 
Well, Dave, thank you for that. Um, that, that just uh, kind of struck me during the, didn't expect to get that call during the break and trying to figure it out on the fly here. So that's some uh, good information uh, from you. Well, let's put that on the back burner. Uh, not that it doesn't uh, warrant uh, paying t- close attention to, and we certainly hope that everybody is fine. Uh, I'd appreciate the listener who, who called that nugget in. Let's get to the, uh, uh, save basketball for a second. The football program still, um, and their fan base still reveling in that Fiesta Bowl win. Why wouldn't they? Uh, and there's been a lot of news that's been made since then with guys that have made their decisions to move on uh, but some guys that you thought may move on that are going to play played significant roles uh, this season that make and uh, that will now have an opportunity to do so and, and the latest is Uwazirike who is coming back. Good news there. Still a couple of them lingering out there on the defensive side of the ball. When do you anticipate Greg Eisworth and Lawrence White, those two uh, might uh, decide to come back for one more year. Hearing anything along those lines, Dave? Yeah, I would think that it would happen before uh, spring practice starts, and I think that'll probably be in March, uh, although it, that might depend on the whole COVID situation, too, whether they maybe cancel spring practice again this season. But uh, we, we it could take some time. I'm not sure what the deadline is for the NFL draft. I suppose I should probably look that up because I know that the draft is actually held in April and you got to get him, you got combine coming up and things like that. So you got to make a decision and probably a fairly coming up soon, you know, soon timeline here. Yeah. Uh, So I would expect maybe even by the end of the month, if not sooner, that those guys might have to make a decision. So we'll we'll wait for word. But, you know, you you mentioned a Razarike coming out, coming back, and that's pretty huge for Iowa State because they're still going to have a, you know, pretty formidable defensive line coming back, even with the loss of. Jaquan and Joshua Bailey uh, with Urazawike, pardon me, uh, he put up some numbers kind of quietly last year in terms of tackles for loss and sacks that were pretty impressive, and so he's going to be a big part of that defensive line. That's a big uh, big piece of the puzzle for Iowa State next season. So we uh, saw a number of guys, I think it's seven the number is up to right now, who have entered the transfer portal some names, guys that just didn't hit. That happens quite often. But a couple of names of guys that have played. Is Bankston the biggest name in your mind, the guy that you thought Did maybe you had the best chance? see where he signed? And he signs with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Yeah. Is, was he the biggest loss that you saw in the transfer portal? Probably. I mean, he got, he played a significant role. And I, I don't know the numbers for him defensively off the top of my head. But he's kind of that guy in that Ray, Ray Lima mode. Mm. And that, you know, his numbers aren't going to tell you the story of how important he was to that defensive line because he's, He's a big body that might occupy a couple of blockers and free up other guys to get sacks and tackles for loss. And, you know, he was a significant contributor there. And they do have a nice piece coming back with Isaiah Lee, if I'm not mistaken. He's coming back next season and, you know, plays a similar role. But uh, better to have two of those type of guys than just one. So, yeah, Banks in leaving, that's going to that's gonna leave a mark a little bit. Yeah, and that was surprising because he seemed so um, into this team and into his opportunity. You know, he tweeted, um, he, he made some um, predictions, I guess, or uh, that what was going to how this how his season was going to go and what they were going to accomplish. And gosh darn it, he Snaps almost went did. down though as the season as the went season on. went on. But he still made that huge play, didn't he? Get Ellinger on the round. Uh-huh. Uh, indeed, he did. So Jaquan Bailey moves on, has a heck of a career, no doubt about that. He'll be one of those guys that. Um, uh, is going to be missed. When you think about him and his career and, and the relationship that he uh, and his head coach formed, that's a pretty special bond uh, between Campbell and Jaquan Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's 
unbelievable how far Bailey has come maturity-wise because we all remember the, the yeah, excessive first... penalty celebration mm-hmm. against uh, Texas a few years back mm-hmm. at Jack Trey Stadium in a game that turned out to be pretty close. And that was a very costly penalty you know, in terms of a, a significant, important drive for Texas in that game. And since then, he's you know just grown and become a real leader on the team and a guy who uh, others look to to set an example. And of course, uh, you know, turned into the most prolific defensive lineman in terms of sacks and all that for Iowa State in in the program's history. So yeah, losing him is, is pretty big, but he's got a great opportunity, I think, to make it in the NFL and play for at least a few years and and make some life changing money, you know, in the, in the process of doing that. So I don't blame him one bit for for jumping at that uh, opportunity and trying to make the most of it. What do you think this offseason is going to be like now? This is a conversation that Iowa State's never really dealt with before. They are going to have not just a guy or two talking about this team being in the top 10. We had the Bear Chris Felica before this season, mm. but this is going to be most everybody talking about this team winning a conference title, being in the top 10, being a dark horse playoff team. How do you think Campbell and company, what are they going to do to combat maybe a little bit of those headlines? Well, they'll probably just go back to the usual uh, routine, which is to try to shut out the outside noise. I mean, that's the, one of the first things that Matt Campbell focused on when he got here was trying to cl- close out all the voices, shut down all the voices that tell you how bad this Iowa State program was at the time and, and all that. And, you know, they experienced this a little bit last year. Uh, the time came to try to shut out the noise that tells you how good the Iowa State program is. And that's, uh, you know, I think that was Nick Saban who referred to that kind of thing as rat poison, and it's, it's very true. you you got to approach it the same way, whether it's negative or positive. You can't believe what the people are saying outside the walls. You can't listen to that stuff and let it get in your head. you got to focus on the stuff Matt Campbell talks about all the time, about getting better and being the best version of yourself uh, daily, uh, you know, one day by day, and, and improving little by little as you know every practice and every game goes along. Uh, Brees Hall, uh, uncharted territory for an Iowa State player, a consensus All-American, first one in school history, uh, which is quite a feat. And you know what? He's uh, already come out with his motivation. He, I saw it on Twitter last night. He didn't. He didn't win the Doak Walker Award. That went to Najee Harris, uh, and and he's going to use that for motivation. And Brees Hall, motivated Brees Hall, despite the success that he had this year, got to make Iowa State fans pretty happy. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, you know, competitors at that level, they look for every edge they can find. So if uh, Hall is going to take that as the slight that pushes him to get to the next level, Iowa State fans and I, you know, the coaching staff and his teammates are just going to love him for that. I, I suspect even if he had won the award, you know, he'd use that as the springboard. That would be, you know, something he'd say, well, I want to live up to that and get to the next level and you know, push for a Heisman Trophy or whatever. You know, one way or another, you're going to turn that into motivation if you're a Brees Hall kind of guy who's looking to get the most out of his talent every day. So, yeah, he's going to be – maybe he'll run a little angrier next season or, or something along those lines, but uh, he'll be motivated. I mean, he's shown it uh, already on the on the field, and he's got even more to play for next season. Over to a little basketball as we talk with Dave Sproul from KSI up in Ames. Javon Johnson, maybe his most complete game in yep. a Cyclone uniform, the transfer from Troy. Sat out last season. His ability to get to the rim certainly eye-opening late in that game against Texas and the Iowa State team. It's not showing up in the win-loss column, but boy, they're looking a lot better. They're they're playing hard. Uh, you got to give them that. Javon Johnson certainly is coming into a form a little bit. I didn't get to really actually see the Texas game because I'm too cheap. First of all, the Springs <laughs> Longhorn Network, and I was traveling anyway. But uh, you know, he's he's starting to kind of come together. And even though he had a sit out year and he was able to practice with the team and 
be around the program last season. You know, there's still an adjustment period once you get on the court and you're actually in Big 12 play. So that's good news for Iowa State as he's kind of getting up to speed where he can, you know, really play at a, at a Big 12 level. The thing is for Iowa State, I mean, I know it's been really tough. The, the early competition, everybody's been ranked mm-hmm. except Kansas State, and you're winless in the Big 12 play so far. But the thing is, you you got to figure out ways to get more offense. And Iowa State's shooting very well. The, the actual shooting percentage isn't bad in Big 12 play, but they're still at, at the lowest average scoring-wise per game in, in Big 12 competition. Then the biggest reason for that is turnovers. they got to take care of the ball better. Iowa State's worse than the Big 12 at turnovers per game, and they got to figure out a way to take care of that. And they'll, they'll find those margins, that, that little difference that's been separating them from Baylor, Texas, what have you, uh, in these games. And you've got to show up defense a little bit, too. Uh, that's something that um, that Steve Prohm has gone back to uh, the last couple seasons, in fact, that he, he's really set, been really satisfied with the efficiency on offense. It's just the turnovers and defense that have been the biggest issues. But they can take care of the ball. They can get a few more stops. They can maybe turn some of those losses into wins. And maybe that starts tomorrow. But if they don't start taking care of the ball better, it's going to be uh, every bit as long as the season is you might anticipate. Yeah, they did better against Texas. Uh, I think there was only eight of them. Bolton had five of them. Uh, look, and I'm not not Bolton's. Bolton, you know, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. That they need him on the floor, uh, obviously. Uh, Solomon Young was 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 good in that game. Trent mentioned it was Johnson's best game uh, by a long shot. So hopefully they can keep it going, Dave. You're seeing little baby steps, and I think that's what this season uh, is going to be about: development out of some of these guys uh, and seeing where they can go. Love to see. Honda take another step. Is there another step for him? He sure looked like there was early in his career, but it's it's tapered off. What's behind that? Do you think? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not real sure. I think he can play a little passive at times, and he can be. I think there's room for him to be more aggressive on the defensive end. I know he's he's a good shot blocker. He can get that, and he can alter games a little bit. But he needs to be a better rebounder on the defensive end use that height to his advantage and not be afraid of contact, get in there and mix it up a little bit. And, and, you know, that's something that uh, can develop. Although, I mean, he's in his third season now and maybe we, we kind of know who he is as a player now, but uh, it's certainly, I think, I, I, I don't want to say expectations were through the roof for the guy or anything to be a superstar in the big 12. That's certainly not the case, but I, I think uh, he's got more in him than what he's shown. And I think it's just a matter of, Probably what what's between the ears more than anything, more than physical gifts or anything like that. He just needs to have uh, a little bit more fearlessness to him, I think, out on the court. We will uh, recap the uh, game, and uh, hopefully there'll be some more Iowa State news that we can opine about on Monday when uh, we ask you to join us again. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and uh, have a great one. You do the same. Dave Sproul. Joining the program. Hour number two coming up next. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.